1: Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com/slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carlene Higgins. Welcome back to Breaking Beauty Podcast, everyone. Carlene and Jill here, and we're happy to be spending the next hour with you. Hello, Jill.
0: Hey there, Carlene. I mean, that's right. It could be even less time than an hour, truly. You know, if anyone happens to be a podcast junkie like myself, I listen to everything at like 1.5 times the speed. And the only podcast I cannot listen to that fast
1: is The Toast because they talk (laughs) so damn fast. It's true. It's like they're already running at 1.25. Yeah, I, I'm i not surprised by that, though, because you're just so quick in general at everything you do. So that doesn't surprise me, actually.
0: I, I am speedy. I mean, <laughs> I once read that the average rate of speech for a North American is about 125 words a minute. Mm-hmm. But your brain, it can actually process 800 words a minute. So 1.5 times the speed, it just gets the info into my brain faster. And when I'm out on my walks, I'm walking fast. Like if somebody passes me on the sidewalk during a walk, it is, I'm like, wow, like that never happens. But when it does, (laughs) I always notice it.
1: Well, if you're a regular listener, you guys know Jill's like the high key, quicker one. I'm the low key, slow-mo one. But I do listen to my podcasts at 1.25 speed, for the record. I'm curious what you guys listen to us at. In Spotify, you
0: can actually get even more incremental with how fast or slow you're listening. Oh, so I find that fascinating. I, I know mm. you're not a Spotify girly, but if anyone is in Spotify, I'd like to know if you're using that Q&A feature. I know that's just rolled out to a lot of shows and we're trying to get that for our show, too. It's very cool feature, interactive where you can weigh in on the topics or we can pose questions to our audience. Oh, cool. and I'm interested if people have used it or yeah. if they would like to use use it, and maybe we can explore doing that. You know, we're always trying to evolve here at Breaking Beauty, And I think podcast apps are always evolving as well, which is exciting to see, certainly compared to when we started six years ago.
1: Absolutely. Well, thanks everyone for joining us this week, no matter how quickly or slowly you're listening and feel free to drop into our comments just with a number like 1.25 or 1 or 1.75 or whatever it is. We are two former magazine beauty editors who have seen it all and swatched it all. And just like you said, we started this podcast more than six years ago, Jill, really with the goal of just helping all of you guys edit down your top shelf because there is so much clutter In the beauty space, there's more now than ever, truly. So we're here every single Wednesday. We're either chatting with epic founders about their breakthrough, best selling product that kind of put the brand on the map, or you'll hear us getting amazing tips and tricks from the breakout skin, makeup, and hair pros who just kind of blow our minds with their next level techniques. Or it could be one of our solo episodes where we are reviewing the latest and greatest beauty drops to let you know what's hashtag damn good. That's right. What's worth the spend. And of course, we also speak to key
0: influencers in the beauty, wellness and lifestyle space like our guest today, Ariel Laurie from the Blonde Files podcast. I mean, her podcast, it's just so successful. And what she does so well is she covers a lot to do with wellness and all aspects of the art of living well. And she's her voice is so soothing. I don't think I would ever speed mm-hmm. up listening to her podcast, truly. <laughs> and we're actually doing a crossover episode with Ariel. So that's kind of like a pod swap idea. So we will be on her show, The Blonde File Speed. And we're sounding off on everything from brands that just aren't cutting it anymore to trends like skin streaming. Just what
1: is that anyway? And so much more. So be sure to check that out. We'll link that in our show notes, too. Yes. And Ariel first appeared on our show back in May 2020. That was episode 118. If you haven't listened, definitely go back to hear her backstory. She went from rock bottom suffering from addiction to being clean and sober, living her dream Malibu life with her big time Hollywood producer husband, Chuck Lorre. So a real success story. And she's just a joy. And I'm, I'm happy to be welcoming her back.
0: Yes, and she's just very real and vulnerable on her show and You know, I think she has more than 300,000 Instagram followers. And just looking at her Instagram, you wouldn't necessarily know her whole backstory. And Mm -hmm. it is so inspirational and fascinating. And a lot of you were so moved by that, by her first person story, that we invited her back on the show. And, you know, she really is an open book when Mm -hmm. it comes to everything in her life, including cosmetic enhancements and beauty treatments. And she just really is on the front lines of all of that stuff. Like she's texting her plastic surgeon. OK, right. But that's the level she's on. And if you really want the realty after this episode, we were cornering her in the lobby at Dear Media asking and writing furiously in our notes apps, the doctors
1: she would recommend for <laughs>
0: her ex-surgery, this type of challenge well, to get you know.
1: my, my wonky eye, you know, level with the <laughs> other the eye. I was like, OK, who would you go to? Just tell me right now. So And today we're diving into so many juicy, hot
0: topics. We also ask her about who are the legitimate wellness gurus out there that are inspiring her right now. We get her thoughts on, you know, her journey with acne, which she has been open about. And I was kind of floored when she talked about the product
1: line that she said cleared up her acne Mm -hmm. for good. Definitely. And when we do talk about cosmetic enhancements at Breaking Beauty, I feel like we always do try to be reflective and, you know, checking in with your mental state and making sure everything's in good balance. So we do kind of go deep on that level with Ariel about, you know, her coming to a place of neutrality around her self-image mm-hmm. and whether cosmetic surgery itself can be addicting, you know, cause she's always tweaking something.
0: Yeah. She, since the last time we talked to her, she actually got a breast enhancement and mm-hmm. that it, her journey with that was really fascinating as well. So, we get real talk on how much money she actually spends on cosmetic surgery in a year. Yeah, we went there. We got a little nosy. <laughs> and don't forget that every single product that we discuss with Ariel today, there were so many product mentions. We'll link to all of those over on our website, which is breakingbeautypodcast.com. So, without further ado, welcome back to the show, Ariel Laurie. <music> Pausing to share some love for Skims, who are supporting our show and my D cup this week. Hey, friends, I'm here to tell you about a wardrobe game changer, and that's Skims. So, Skims is the solution oriented brand creating the next generation of underwear, loungewear, and shapewear for everybody. And I've recently fallen in love with the Fits Everybody collection, and that's honestly a big deal for me as a resident member of the Big Titty Committee over here at Breaking Beauty. You know, normally I'm just so skeptical of bras and new brands. I just never know if they're gonna fit me well or be comfortable, but Skims has like blown me away on that front. And my favorite from the Fits Everybody collection is the racerback bra. And I actually have it in two colors. And I just love that it's allowed me to wear so many more styles of tank tops this summer. It's just so comfortable. There's no pulling. I love the fabric. And I've gotten friends to order it as well. And I just got a text this morning. I'm going to read it to you. It says, I am stunned. The Skims bras arrived and the fit is amazing. That never happens on the first try. So trust and believe everybody. The Fits Everybody collection of underwear are lightweight form-fitting essentials. The buttery soft fabric molds to your body and stretches to twice its size. It's just so comfy. And it's offered in a range of cuts and fits from underwear and bras to dresses, T-shirts, and body suits. And I actually just ordered two of the Bando bras from the Fits Everybody collection just so I can have that for any strapless dress moments this summer. Plus, the Fits Everybody collection is available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X and offered in nine core colorways and limited edition seasonal colors. So believe the hype, this collection has over 90,000 five-star reviews for a reason. Skims, Fits Everybody, and more best-selling essentials are available now at skims.com. Plus, get free shipping on orders over $75, all at skims.com. Dot .com and if you do make a purchase be sure to let them know that Breaking Beauty podcast sent you. You can tick the box after you check out and let them know that we sent you on over to skims.com. Now back to the show.
2: Hey, Bestie, I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan. We are the hosts of Creeps and Crimes Podcast. Every Thursday, Morgan takes us on a deep dive into a paranormal case or a conspiracy theory. And Taylor will bring you a detailed and accurate reporting on a true crime case. Since we launched in 2020, we have never missed a Thursday. With over 160 episodes ready for you to binge, you will never run out of cases. And you can follow along on Instagram at Creeps and Crimes Podcast. Whether you're in the car or enjoying a glass of wine, tune in every Thursday to Creeps and Crimes. Ariel, welcome
1: back to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Thank you. It's been two years, I believe. I mean, what's been going on? It's been, <laughs> it's been three years. It's a loaded question. I know. Right? <laughs> Last time we
0: talked to you, I feel like you were like doing the absolute most. It was like you were potentially going to go to med school and like mm, yeah. so much stuff. I is. Mm-hmm. What's the recap I was on that? An pers- ex-
2: existential crisis. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I, I went on a podcast yesterday and she asked me the same thing. I was like, I forgot I even wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was kind of, yeah, it was kind of a COVID existential thing yeah. that I was going yeah. through. I did always want to go into the medical field. I have a real interest in it and I'm sure we'll get into that and in the beauty yeah. end of it. Mm-hmm. And I never finished grad school because I was like, or sorry, undergraduate because I was in my addiction in my 20s. And that was something that really bothered me for years when I got sober. So I think when everything kind of stopped in the beginning of the pandemic, I felt like, oh, well, maybe this is an opportunity to pursue that. And I also was kind of just starting my podcast. I think I had had it for almost a year and I was having so many doctors and experts in that field come on. And I was like, well, I want to do that, too. Yeah. Inspired. <laughs> and I, yeah. yeah. So there were a lot of factors that contributed to wanting to do that. I went hard in undergrad and did, like, five classes at a time for a year during COVID. And then I think I proved to myself that I could Do school and that I didn't want to do school. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I didn't do it. (laughs) Yeah. I think I realized I don't have to be that person. I can have the platform. Yes. And have those people on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I loved having you on our show because, you know, you may not have a degree in it, but you've tried every, like, you've tried so many different Mm -hmm. treatments and beauty surgeries, I guess, cosmetic surgery, whereas I haven't had anything in like five years. So, Catch us up on, like, what the latest thing is that you've done. Pretty sure there was, like, breast augmentation. Yeah. What can you tell us? How's it been? And by the way, that's because you've disclosed that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) i (laughs) not looking at her boobs going, I'm pretty sure. But you can. That's why I love that
2: thing today, despite (laughs) my IPL situation. I was like, you know what? should show them off. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I had a breast augmentation last summer. Okay. Breasts were never something I was interested in at all. I Mm -hmm. always had small boobs and I loved small boobs. I like wearing, you know, designer stuff that's very low cut and not having to wear a bra. And so I never cared and I never wanted big boobs. Mm -hmm. I got to an age where things were deflated and and fell a lot. For my age, I mean, I'm like mid to late later mid thirties. But I think just my metabolism and my skin type and all of that contributed to having this, you know, decrease in in volume mm-hmm. and some sagginess. I can show you guys pictures. <laughs> um, so I wanted a lift. That was the main thing. Yeah. And I went to the doctor, the only doctor that I would go to here because all my friends went to him and some of them got fat transfers, some of them got lifts, some of them got implants, and they all were thrilled. So that mm-hmm. was all that I needed. And I always said, if I do it, I'll go to him. Are you I'm able in? to disclose? Yes, no? Robert Cohen. Okay. okay. He has a practice here and in, I believe, Scottsdale. Okay. okay. He's amazing. And all he does is boobs. I mean, he does like tummy tuck, mommy makeover, but that's mm-hmm. what I wanted. I didn't want somebody who was going to do a facelift at 10 and do my boobs at 12. Right. Yes. I mean, I know that there are great doctors, but yeah. you just talk to him and he's just boobs. Like yeah, that's it. That's the hot tip though, <laughs> right? It's yes. like you
1: go to the cosmetic surgeon who is known for that thing. Yes, you go sure. to them for that thing.
2: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he, you know, we talked about volume and size and all of that. And I considered fat transfer, but again, I'm kind of small. I have a fast metabolism. I've done fat transfer in my face, which mm-hmm. we can talk about, mm-hmm. which I love, but it fluctuates a lot. And, and I just knew that I wanted a consistent result. So we ended up doing a small implant as well. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I never even thought I cared about these things. And now it's like my favorite thing in the world. You know, my boobs. I'm like, who knew? So you went from a what to a what? I went from, I would say, a small B to a small, smallish, but full C. Okay. And so you
1: love the result. Is Mm -hmm. it about the shape, like what did he get right that some surgeons get wrong?
2: Hmm. I think it was all of it. So I love the shape. Mm-hmm. I think it fits my frame really well. Yeah. Is it like a teardrop or how I would you just show you? My okay. Yeah. Over here, but can I get up? Yeah. Yes.
1: We can take a pause. Some of us want a lot of detail just because we can try to. Yeah. verbal Description. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the before and after. Yes, I definitely see the difference. So, yeah. And the shape, I mean, is there a name for that
2: shape? Like what you. I don't know that there's it? a name or... for the shape, but what I love about them. So, I did a I mean, circumariolar. Yes. You can say that. Yes. I did a circumariolar lift, which is where they take basically a donut of tissue around the areola and Mm -hmm. tighten it that way. Mm -hmm. So you don't have that anchor or the lollipop scar that a lot of people have. And I know that a lot of surgeons are kind of averse to doing it because it can have not great outcomes. It can flatten the breast. It's not a good option if you have a lot of lifting that has to be done. Okay, But I was a good candidate for it. So minimal scarring. And then I think doing that combined with the implant, it it still has a nice drop to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not so lifted yeah. that then I just have these like
1: That's rocks the on my chest. Yes. Yeah. They're okay. like, they, they know a little still, yeah. they're very
2: natural. I know that we did a smooth, round, moderate implant. Okay. okay these are all <laughs> I don't know what words, any of these people, words. mean. I did silicone and yeah, I just, Could not be more happy. Dr. Cohen, I'm over here. Right. But it's very controversial right now, I will say, (laughs) because a lot of people are talking about breast implant illness. Oh, yes. Yes. And when I have posted about it, I mean, they come out in droves to that. And I've always said, because I've talked about it a lot on my podcast, I believe that it's real. And it's something that I discussed with my doctor. My doctor said that, you know, he does have patients who come in and feel like they are having symptoms as a result of the implants. Mm -hmm. And he will explant. And he said some people feel better and some people don't. And I think that there are some markers that you can look for, not that will predict whether you'll have it, but I think the MTHFR mutation that you can test for, I think a lot of people with autoimmune have that. Mm. And I think if you have autoimmune issues to begin with, that might be something to consider. Mm -hmm. I also spoke to Dr. Will Cole, who I think you guys probably know. He's on the network. Yeah. Yeah, We haven't talked
1: to him yet. Okay. Yeah. So
2: he works with his whole patient population for the most part, have autoimmune, have these sensitivities. And I asked him what his experience has been with breast implant illness as well. And he said the same thing as my surgeon. He said, some people feel better and some people don't. So, you know, I think that like for anybody listening, If they're considering it, you just really have to do a lot of research. And I know that's such a generic answer. Mm -hmm. Do your research, Mm -hmm. but really, like, read about both sides of it. Try to find studies, you know, supporting breast implant illness, studies supporting not breast, you know, the lack of evidence. And ultimately, I think, like, we know our bodies. I felt like I'm in good health. You know, I don't have autoimmune. Mm -hmm. It was not something that I was so concerned about to not it, Yeah, essentially.
0: Right. That's what I so, find so fascinating about social media. It's like, you're just sharing your result. You're not telling everybody to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, yet in the comment section, it does become this pylon, mm-hmm. like you're promoting it or something. And you're like, I did it for me.
2: Yeah, I'm just sharing it. You can do you. Yeah. But people, if people get so angry. I did a post. It was on TikTok and it said, what is the best thing that you bought that you don't regret or something like that? And I did my boobs. like Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it kind of went viral on Instagram and pretty much all the comments are about breast implant illness and people saying, oh, those are toxic and I got mine out and it's the best thing I ever did. Mm. Thank God. And I'm like, how is this? Helpful, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's just—I I mean, I, I get it. I have no expectations when it comes to yeah. people yeah. on social media at this yeah. point. But
1: it's interesting. There, I imagine that people trying the fat transfer version that must be going up as a result mm-hmm. of people becoming more aware of mm-hmm. breast augmentation augmentation illness or mm-hmm. illness from it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. We didn't we talk to Doctor Devgan
0: about that? We did. Yeah. yeah, and she basically said, "Yeah, the the fat transfer just it's." the result is just not consistent enough really Mm -hmm. if you want the look then you should go for the implant
2: i think that fat transfer you can go up a half to a full cup size yeah and your body is going to retain about 30 to 40 percent of the fat that's transferred so you do need to start with a lot of fat yeah so some people aren't good candidates for it for that reason and Mm -hmm. like i said just having had the experience of doing it in my face Mm -hmm. where i did retain enough and i'm happy with it there were definitely moments where like if i lost a few pounds or like fluctuations in my period like it responds to that and that would just drive me crazy yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's basically
1: what she said is that you just can't expect like a huge difference so it's for somebody Mm -hmm. who's just looking for a little bit Mm -hmm. of a lift This episode is brought to you in part by Macy's. So we're just days away from the long weekend. If you're in Canada, happy Canada Day. And if you're listening from the US, you're probably already getting your plans ready for the 4th of July. Some of you might be headed out of the city, maybe hitting a cottage or a backyard barbecue. But honestly, the city is a pretty fun place to be on a long weekend because it's a little quieter. You feel like you have the whole place to yourself. It's kind of a best kept secret, but that doesn't mean there's nothing to do. In fact, Macy's is having a party of their own and everyone's invited. It's Macy's 47th annual 4th of July fireworks happening. You guessed it, Tuesday, July 4th, starting at 8 p.m., so if you're based in New York, you know this is their 47th annual event. Last year, it was bigger than ever. They had almost 2,000 effects per minute that lasted two full hours. There's going to be an orchestra doing like a score to go along with the fireworks. It's the best show in town, and it's all free. You can head to Macy's.com/fireworks to get more details on where to watch. They're clearing about two miles of public space. So you can see the electrifying display in person along the East River in Midtown Manhattan. And the best part is when I said you're all invited, I meant you're all invited. No matter which city or small town you live in, you can watch the spectacular show live from New York City on Peacock and NBC at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Not only will you be able to watch the amazing Pyrotechnics for your 4th of July banger or Party of One, they're also going to have celebrity performances, that lineup is soon to be announced. Learn more at macy's.com slash fireworks. A quick break to share a word about one of our show partners,
0: Relief Band. So I grew up on an island for real until I was 19 years old. Anytime that I wanted to get to the mainland, I had to take an hour long ferry ride. So my sea legs are pretty decent, but I distinctly remember anytime that I would go anywhere with my BFF she would always be so unwell on the ferry, like picture her curled up on a bench, clutching her anti-nausea medication. And I always just was like, it's such a rough way to start a trip. And I always felt so badly. And that's why I think that relief band is an absolutely genius road trip essential because it aims to nip nausea in the bud. So in case it wasn't clear, relief band is legitimately a band you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea and uses technology that works with your body so it's safe, drug-free, and has zero side effects. It's that simple. And relief band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, and more. And what's great is that relief band both both treats and prevents nausea so you can help stop nausea from becoming a problem in the first place. So if you always have a flashlight on hand for a blackout or a first aid kit on hand for emergencies, then you need a relief band for those unexpected nausea moments. Right now, we've got an exclusive offer just for Breaking Beauty listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code BEAUTY, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping. So head to reliefband.com, that's spelled R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code BEAUTY for 20% off plus free shipping. Reliefband.com, use promo code BEAUTY for 20% off plus free shipping. We'll link to this offer in our show notes and on our website. Now back to the show.
1: Tell us about the fat transfer in your face. So where did it come from? Where did it go? Is it painful?
2: It sounds like it is. So my doctor took it from my stomach. Mm-hmm. Sadly, it's not enough to make a difference in that area. <laughs> it's not like getting like full on lipo. Yeah, But they can take it usually from your stomach, from your thighs, from your flanks. It depends on where the best quality of fat is. And then he put it into... My under eyes, my cheeks, my temples. And this was in 2021, spring of 21. Mm -hmm. As far as pain, I was under anesthesia, so I was not awake for it, thank God. But, you know, they use a small needle Mm -hmm. and the recovery was not bad. It was a little swollen, obviously. There was a little bit of pain, I think, if I remember correctly, where it was injected. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, very easy process.
1: And better than filler, still like, getting filler. What I get, how do you I've gotten little pops in two? my
2: cheeks of filler, but I feel like people try to achieve too much with filler. Mm-hmm. Filler, I think, can be good to mm-hmm. enhance little areas and really like. I know doctors like to use it for shadows. You're ultimately you're playing with shadows right. and contour. People try to lift their faces with filler, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not a good yeah. application for it. I think people try to fill too much, and I just think that that never leads to a good outcome. Yeah, With fat, you can really use it for, like, just kind of full face, like, volumizing. It's more... I'm trying to remember how my doctor explained it, but it's it's more of like a foundational thing. You mm-hmm. do want to be really careful because you can do too much and then look terrible. And then what? You know, you can't really like lipo your face. Mm-hmm. So I think it should be used pretty conservatively as well. But I think, you know, it's cost effective if you're putting filler in to try to get tons of volume in your cheeks mm-hmm. and doing your under eyes and your temples and wherever else several times a year. That's going to add up to thousands of dollars a year. Yeah. And you're constantly chasing that. Mm -hmm. And with fat transfer, if it's done well, you know, it's semi-permanent. It should last you like 10 years at least. And we know that filler doesn't necessarily all go away anyway. So I think people are looking for different options when it comes to that that was my
0: next question just about this trend of sort of dissolving filler we see a lot of people opting for that I mean I can speak for myself I have a little filler under my eye I can feel it like I Mm -hmm. can tell where it was injected and that was like almost two years ago I can still feel it there I've never put it in my lips but I think a lot of people are sort of learning after maybe a decade of putting filler in their Mm -hmm. face That they're not so happy or it looks a little bumpy or whatever. Mm. Have you had any experience with that or known anybody that's talked about dissolving filler?
2: Yeah. So I dissolved under my eyes. I also started getting little bumps and I was like, I haven't done filler under here in like years. I think I did it once. And it was so interesting how it kind of migrated to this other area years later. So, yes, I dissolved that. And then, of course, there's the concern of, okay, well, now is it going to be hollow where I dissolved it? I did a lot of dissolving in my lips. Did that hurt? Yeah, I have a really high (laughs) (laughs) tolerance when it comes to all of this. But, yeah, the dissolving is not comfortable. It's definitely worse than the filling itself. But I used to overfill my lips. I had no top lip. Ever, I had a really long philtrum, which yeah. is the space between the base of your nose, the top yeah. of your lip. And so I was trying to get this poutier shape through filler and I looked like Marge Simpson mm-hmm. fully. I mean, I look back at old pictures yeah. and I'm like, who was touching me <laughs> with filler at that time? And I just wonder what... People who have been doing filler since they're twenty years old, like yeah. how that's going to look, yeah, mm-hmm. when they're thirty and forty and beyond. Yeah, you know?
1: I wanted to ask about the lip flip or the lip lift because mm-hmm. um, we were talking about this at dinner last night, and somebody said, "I heard that you can't drink through a straw." <laughs> Is that true?
2: So I think that's with the Botox lip flip. Okay, close right. I think I tried that once years ago, mm-hmm. and yeah, I. I had trouble drinking through a straw because something about what it does to that muscle. Right. But I didn't notice any kind of Mm -hmm. flip or lift. Yeah. (laughs) Which is why I then went for the surgical. surgical. lift. But I know some people do really like it. And then I've Mm -hmm. also seen people like I've had friends who have done it and they can't move their top lip and it kind of hangs. And Mm -hmm. so you have to go to somebody as with anything. Yeah. It's really
0: good. I remember you talked about this I think, with us before. And your doctor was in Miami or something?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Which person is it? Dr. Mascara? Okay. Mascara. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. There's like two people that I would go to for a lip lift okay. in this country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would be number one. And then Dr. Talley, who's out here in L.A., okay. he does them as well. You know, I talk about the lip lift, but I always give a disclaimer mm-hmm. that like only do it if you can go to the absolute best person. 100%. because. You're putting a scar in the middle of your face. Yeah. You can go to the best doctor. Like Dr. Mascaro is known for his, you know, hairline, barely there scars. But you're going to scar regardless when you're cutting through tissue. Mm -hmm. And just because of where it is in your face, like I have seen people who have gotten completely botched. Wow. Where their lip is deformed, where they have huge, you know, keloid scars under their nose. It can go really badly. Mm -hmm. And there are only a few people who do like you know, thousands of them a year. And that's who you go with. You don't want to like
1: mess around. You don't
2: don't want to like pinch pennies or anything when it comes to your face. It's your face. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: What about we've heard a lot in the headlines about Ozempic face. Mm -hmm. Is that something is that running in these circles? Like who's talking about it? How are people dealing with it? Do you know people who have this?
2: I don't know anybody who has Ozempic face. Mm -hmm. I did ask my doctor friend about it. I can read you what he said. Yes, please. <laughs> you want. So we can get the official medical. Yes. So everyone
0: listening, if you're not familiar, this is basically a side effect of taking Ozempic or Wegovy or whatever. And no judgment if you are, do you. But it's basically you're kind of losing weight at a rapid rate and therefore the fat in your face kind of falls and you tend to look a
2: little saggy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And people have asked me or sent me DMs asking if I'm on Ozempic. I'm like, first of all, I've always been this size. (laughs) Second of all, after what I went through for the fat in my face, you think I'm going (laughs) to sacrifice that? No. Exactly. So he said it's really noticeable in people who are doing high dose and losing weight really fast, which I think is what everybody is talking about. He said like two, three pounds every few days. Oh my gosh. Particularly cheeks, under eye area, and under the chin. He said most people he sees are using it as a spotter basically just to help them. They're already fit, working out, eating right, et cetera. They're just doing it for the last little bit. But mm. there are people coming in who are hollow with a lot of O's. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and it happens fast over the span of right. four to six weeks. So, yeah, I think it's the people who are losing yeah. really fast yeah. who are seeing it in their face. You know, we're seeing a trend with buckle fat removal yeah. as well. Yeah. And I'm very like, do whatever you want yeah. to make you, whatever makes you feel good, like do it. yeah I'm definitely not one to judge, but I think that that particular procedure might look really good when you're young. But I've learned firsthand that like as you age and things start to fall and you start to lose some of that fat, mm-hmm. you want all the fat that you have yeah. <laughs> in your yeah. face, you know, particularly. Yeah. I agree. So I think that's a trend that's not going to age well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I that's probably that. what people who are losing weight so rapidly with these drugs like Ozempic and Manjaro. And yeah. Yeah. When you lose that fast yeah, and, and you're going to lose that fat in your face, you're going to have sagginess and polyness. Yeah. Yeah. And- yeah, for sure.
1: This episode is brought to you in part by MediHeal. Hey guys, Carleen here and I'm popping in to give you a sneak peek into a really fun episode Jill and I are working on that we're tentatively calling Freaky Friday where Jill and I try each other's skin and makeup routines. One thing I can tell you is that our routines are very different and I'm suddenly now doing a lot of peels and using retinol. So we're So for my sensitive dehydrated skin, I've been re-upping on moisture in between treatments using these incredible sheet masks from MediHeal. MediHeal, if you don't know, is the number one best-selling sheet mask brand in Korea, and they recently upgraded their best-selling sheet mask to boost efficacy. So now they have even more exclusive active ingredients than before. Tonight, I'll be using the NMF ampule mask while I'm in the bath. MediHeal added a bottle of extra serum to their award-winning NMF ampule mask to relieve dry skin and boost hydration using their complex of natural moisturizing factor ingredients to get me that dewy, glowy skin result in mm, about 10 minutes. They also recently relaunched their tea tree mask. Those are the ones my daughter uses for her self-care moments. Those have three different tea tree actives for a combined 22 times more tea tree than MediHeal's first generation mask. So it's tough on blemishes while still being gentle enough for her tween skin. And then there are the collagen essential masks to help lift and firm. Those have three times more collagen actives than the first generation masks. Come along and Freaky Friday with us. We have a promo code, especially for our Breaking Beauty fam. Visit MediHeal's official Amazon store to save 35% on select sheet masks. 10 packs. Enter code BREAKING35 at checkout and enter MediHeal's TikTok giveaway. Go to at MediHealUS on TikTok and enter to win their 30 mask giveaway valued at $70. Follow at MediHealUS on TikTok and like their giveaway post to enter to win. Three lucky winners will be selected. And now back to the show.
0: You just mentioned that people will comment or slide into your DMs. Are you on Mm Obsempic? On that topic, what's kind of like the nosiest thing people will straight up ask you maybe about procedures you've had or your personal life or whatever? I feel like people have no boundaries. They'll just
2: ask. So I'm so (laughs) curious for you. I do get a lot of beauty questions. I also get tons of unsolicited comments about my appearance, which, you know, I put myself out there. I talk about these things. People are going to feel free to comment their opinion yeah i got a dm this morning that said your top lip looks like it's from whoville oh <laughs> really? and i'm like whoville and i'm googling <laughs> <laughs> and i was like wait is it like the grinch with like the long filtrum or is it like cindy lou who has the cute little upper right. lip yeah. i don't know is that a compliment yeah. or <laughs> right oh my um yeah i get a ton of like comments and questions about breast implant illness yeah. obviously that's yeah. the latest yeah. one yeah And then as far as my personal life, it's like day in, day out, people are asking if I'm divorced or not because my husband and I separated last year and then we got back together and people they either missed that we're back together. Right, or, right, right. And they're not okay. And they need to
0: personally ask you or something. Yeah. the like, record, yeah. we're back yeah. together, Insane, everyone
2: God. inquiring minds. Yeah, and I'm like, we're not Bennifer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, why does anybody care? I mean, I always say I'm so flattered that, like, anybody cares about the status of yeah. my relationship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we've talked a lot about various tweakments and surgeries that you have had done. And maybe this is too personal, so you can tell me to stick it if it is but do you have a budget for how much you spend in a year on these things or do you have any idea how much you spend on these things
2: I'm thinking of mean girls the limit does not exist yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm like you know I'm not having kids I do really well for myself and this is what I like to spend on like beauty and and fashion those are kind of my things yeah every year is different so it depends what I'm Mm -hmm. doing like the breast surgery was a big investment. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of money. But I would say like a normal year, trying to add it up. <laughs> if I'm just doing lasers and and stuff like that, I would say maybe like 10 to 15,000 a year yeah. dollars a year. A year. That's Most like a March. total. I mean, I, yeah. I would have to ask my <laughs> my financial guy, but yeah. I'm very big on doing high maintenance things, yeah. low maintenance. Totally. So yeah. I'll spend on something that's like you know, very expensive if it means that then I don't have to do maintenance every few months. So like I will invest in those kinds of things and, you know, I'll do like keratin for my hair so that I don't have to like do whatever for a few months. And I try to do like really low maintenance hair color where I'm only doing it Every three, two, three months. Yeah, Yeah. I love your hair color. Thank you. It's so nice. Thank you.
1: You probably do microblading on the brows, do you?
2: I did microblading in 2020. So that was one that I did as well. Same with like lasers. You know, I'll do like one or two IPLs and a Fraxel and then for me, I feel like that eliminates the need to maybe do like clear and brilliant and like these other. Yeah. Yeah. And facials even like I get a few facials a year. Someone was like, do you get a facial every week? I was like, (laughs) I wish (laughs) I would love to, but no. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it varies. Like the breast surgery was 30 something thousand dollars. So obviously that year was a little bit higher. But
1: now I'm going to touch on something else because I know in our First episode that we recorded together. And anybody who hasn't listened, you need to go back in our archives and listen to the story of Ariel Laurie, because there was definitely you were very open about your addiction journey and your struggles, which was very raw, but very powerful as well, because you're in such a great place now. And, and I feel like you're living this wellness, this example of that life. Do you ever think that these treatments are addictive? Do you ever think about does that factor
2: into your processes? Yes. I think that I get asked this question a lot. And that's another question that people ask me, like, could okay. you just transfer your addiction oh, to really oh, beauty wow. procedures? I think there's a spectrum. Like, I think it all mm-hmm. comes down to like you and your motives and your expectations yeah. and yeah. and the consequences of that. Are you spending all your money on procedures mm-hmm. and are and are you miserable and nitpicking everything and you know, are you getting to the point where you don't want to go out if you're not getting your Botox? Like there's a spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I think it's different for everybody. Yeah, I kind of got to a place this year. I feel like I've, you know, I've gone through all the phases. I think that there have been years where I've been more intensely focused on it than others. And I noticed like this year, I think with the introduction of reels and video, like, I know for me, I'm not scrutinizing myself like I used to Mm -hmm. when I would shoot with a photographer and take 2000 pictures and have to go through yeah. them and pick the best one. So I think we're like very acutely aware of how we look, but I think there's also a little bit less of a desire to control that. Yeah. Yeah. And I had this moment at the beginning of the year where I shot with my photographer in New York and I had to go through all the pictures and I was like, wow, I haven't done this in forever. And I felt completely neutral. Mm -hmm. not like, wow. I mean, I was like, yeah, I look good, but I just felt neutral to the point where I felt like I had come to a place of really being at peace with my body and how I look. And yes, you could argue argue like, well, you've had all these things done. (laughs) Did you have to do that to get to this place? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I just felt like, huh, I have so many other things going on now in my life that I'm passionate about. And I feel like I'm directing my energy in so many other areas with my business and my relationships and my interests that I don't have that much energy to allocate to what mm-hmm. I look like day in, day out, which is like such a nice yeah, realization to come to. And so, yeah. you know, I, I think that like that's another part of it. Like how much of your time and your energy and yeah. your thoughts and all of that is directed towards this. Okay, what yeah. about wellness travel? Because I know that you took some
0: pretty big trips last year I was following your journey they looked amazing where would you recommend like if someone's thinking about planning something big and they want to like have a
2: self-care moment while they're doing it mm. any recommendations I think that totally depends on the budget yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I think that like wellness travel is just doing whatever fuels you so if yeah. that's like food or if it's art mm-hmm. you know I think that like I went to Italy last year with my best friend. Amazing. And we just ate so much and saw the art. And it was just like, it was the best trip. And doing it with a girlfriend too. It was just like so nourishing in every single sense of the word. We went to Puglia, which was incredible. And Rome and Florence. And then I did a solo trip to Paris, which was like also very healing and nourishing in a totally different way. It It was the first time that I had traveled solo internationally and that was like a huge learning experience for me and that was amazing would you do that again yes okay yes and if you want a good spa the dior spa at cheval blanc <sighs> in paris <sighs> mm. i heard you guys talking about beauty refrigerators yeah, and yeah. they're like kind of out <laughs> yes yeah. but they had beauty refrigerators in the bathroom and i was like <sighs> What are they? Are they Dior branded? This is branded? wellness for me. Everything was Dior oh, branded. Okay, that's different. That's different. <laughs> it was amazing.
1: I'm drinking that Dior Kool-Aid. Oh. We want to close it out asking you about your skincare and facial top shelf must. So of tell us moment. what is nourishing your soul right now <laughs> and yeah, what's on your face?
2: What's nourishing my soul is a... 12 step skincare routine (laughs) currently. (laughs) It's funny because last night I said to my husband, I'm going to get ready for bed, but I'm going to time myself and I'm only going to give myself 10 minutes because normally I'm like, yeah, I'll get in bed and like watch the show with you. Hold Mm -hmm. on. Let me just go wash my face. And I come back an hour later. (laughs) So I struggled with acne last year for the first time ever. And Mm -hmm. that was very challenging Mm -hmm. as anybody who's been through it knows yeah. and nothing was working at all. And I went to Candace, the LA facialist. I don't yes. know if you've yeah, had she's her been on. on our show. Yeah. yeah. So she put me on Jan Marini mm-hmm. and oh, I had like very little faith at that point because I had tried everything. I was trying things in my lifestyle and I was trying things topically and just nothing was working. But she put me on the Jan Marini. It was so many actives and my skin was so sensitive. I couldn't use any actives. I couldn't use any hydration. So it was dry, acneic, like just so many things going on. And I was like, how am I going to throw all of this mm-hmm. at it and not have my skin freak out? But it didn't. Jan Marini has a system. So it's a glycolic cleanser
1: mm-hmm.
2: followed by vitamin C morning and night. Oh, wow. I know everyone's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> followed by, I can't remember, some kind of serum. And then followed by a moisturizer. And then I added in a bunch of other products as well. Mm-hmm. So I use one that's a benzoyl peroxide serum that has a trans retinol in it. And again, everybody's like retinol and benzoyl peroxide right. and vitamin C at the same time. Yeah. Like yeah. what? And that's what I yeah. had too. But it works. And it really changed my skin. So that's, that's I'm like an, what is it? Evangelist. I always yeah. say, wow. e- yes. Yeah. I'm evangelical, evangelical about yeah. it. Yeah. Because it was, so transformative for my skin and not just the Mm -hmm. acne but the like hydration level the texture tone everything Mm -hmm. yeah
0: Hmm. she's glowing everyone she's glowing
2: well thank you so much ariel this was
0: wonderful and be sure to check us out this is a full pod swap so we're going to be
1: on ariel's show so check it out everyone thank you so much thank Thank you you.